yo 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 welcome to another episode tonight late night show talking and like i always do i always like to bring someone with me but not this time i'm bringing someone i'm bringing a bunch of people here some of them have been in my last podcast and some of them are brand new so let's get this started because tonight's episode is a little bit little bit you know spicy but a little bit you know toxic if you want to call it i want you to just g Hi, my name is Galvin, and I live in the Lower East Side. Nice. Nice to have you. Lily, we got Lily back from my last episode. So I'm Lily. Um, I have my own business, construction business, but I am also um, on TikTok, and I promote uh, self-love, healing, and mental health. So I'm excited for this. Nice. I have Angie. Hi. My name is Angie. I'm from Queens, New York. And I also got my friend Evie, who was about two months ago. We had a great episode about communications. My name is Evie. I'm from El Barrio, Spanish Harlem. And um, I love to make TikToks about music. Nice. Freestyle music, 80s music, because that's my shit. Hey, but you know me. <laughs> everyone here, welcome. Welcome to tonight's episode. So to be honest with you, one of my top episodes in the past was about toxic relationship. And I felt like it barely touched the, the the tip of the iceberg. So I want to take it to another level now by, you know, getting more of experience, especially that when I did that episode, it was in 2020. So we're going about like three years later. So I definitely want to get your point of views. But to the group right here that we're talking to right now, what is, in your opinion, toxic relation? What does it mean to you? Like, how do, how do you define it? Because when I think toxic relationship, I think not only about relationships with your partner, but boyfriend, girlfriend, friends, you know, all types of type of level. I feel like we've all been toxic at one time or another. We don't even know it. Well, I think it has a lot to do with um, lack of um, responsibility, accountability, a lot, drama, toxic. Relationships? I mean, yeah, that is. Anyone else wants to add on to that? Insecurities. When you're insecure about yourself, you pinpoint on anything that your partner has. And it's like a mirror. You're complaining, you're pinpointing, you're being a bully to your partner because it's like a mirror about your insecurities. And I think that's just how gaslighting starts, how you become a narcissist. And that's another topic to get into. It's just, it's so many things that just... Ouch. Gaslighting and, I mean, narcissists. Mm -hmm. How about you, Lily? I think all of the above and definitely like there's always a sense someone is always a little bit more superior than the other there's some sense of competition rather than like support and balance like okay sometimes i meet you halfway or i do this and you do that it's always just like competitive and manipulation a lot of like because the person is not thinking of the other if you're in a relationship for the most part you should be thinking of your partner you know feelings and how they feel each other should be considering the person's uh, feelings but when you're in a toxic relationship you're sort of always trying to look out for yourself and if that it doesn't work out then you're always trying to like cover yourself or like if something goes wrong you kind of like twist the story to kind of like make the person feel bad always doing that so. i like that I like that how about you angie so from my experience is a combination so it's family um toxicity uh especially in latino culture how we're just supposed to just your mother and father are the leaders and that's it no discussion had um but 
you know, when you understand where they're coming from, you kind of see why they implement this kind of toxic behaviors. And it's not their fault, but you understand why they're implementing it. And so you got to learn from their way of be being how to set boundaries um, when it comes to our you know, Latin parents, we don't want to be respectful, but at the same time, we have to consider ourselves. So, oh, don't even get me started with the family traits. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyone could chime into this. Anyone <laughs> could talk about that shit. Family traits, and me and Evie talked about this in the podcast a while ago about, you know, this old school rules. I'm your mother. I'm your grandmother. I, I have that. It. I have that title. I, whatever I say goes. I mean, and, oh man, that's our foundation of like where our toxicity traits come or we accept from our friendships, our partners, our workplaces. So because it's part of our culture to begin with, part of our dynamic of growing up, we now implement that. And sometimes because we are living the everyday youth of toxicity, we kind of don't realize that we're absorbing it from our workplace, our friendships, even people that you know normally not, not even relevant people but where you're accepting of it and thankfully because we are now becoming more aware to some degree some people are going a little bit to the far end but i'm not going to go there <laughs> um we we realize that we no longer want to live within that cycle because it's not it's the long-term effects you can see it on our parents faces it's not working out what do you think about this so far a lot of toxic like toxic stuff or toxic traits that I even have myself is like identifying them and actually making a difference and making a change. If we don't want to make the change and we use them as we use them as on our partners, we use them as, oh, it's you. But I never take responsibility. I never take accountability. But I'm hurt and I'm going to hurt you, too. So it's just a constant of repeat, 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 <sighs> never finding a solution for the problem. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, we all have, I feel like we all have toxic traits. What do you guys think? I mean, Evie, you want to say something? No, exactly. It's just sometimes it's about um, feeling good about yourself. Like you're upset of anything that is going on in your day or whatever it is. And it's, you, you tend to just take it on somebody just to make you feel good. And like, yeah. I'm just going to tell you this and you are this and you are that. And it's just, it makes you feel better. And it's just, it's something that is just, it, it all comes back to either, like she mentioned, like Angie mentioned, about your culture, your background, your family. And it's just transparent to, you know, generations. And it just, it, it just, it, it makes you go through a, a different type of. Um, it has a, a lot to do with pride, pride. ego. Yeah. Like, pride, ego. You know what? I love my that. My pride is black. I was raised by a single mother. You know, they know pride like a single mother pride. So, so when you say single mother, like, so, I mean, can, so I, what does that mean? Like, so I was raised by a single mother who she was everything. Um, she was my mother, my father, my aunt, my uncle, like, you know, I don't have a lot of family, but the little bit that I do, um, it was, she was everything for me. That there is survivor mode. You don't need nobody. You need to be your own person. You can't count on nobody. No man is ever going to be good enough for you. Things like, I mean, those those are things that I always have, like, a backup plan, even if you're in a relationship. My mother used to be mad toxic like that. Like, always have, don't. And I used to be like, man, I trust this man. Like, I'm going to be good with yeah, him. Like, he, we're he, good. He, She's he, like, no, always <laughs> have a second plan, you know. Like, 
I think those are a lot of the things that I was raised with that I feel that I that you come just said with something the single that mother me, package. You just gave me something about life. So my mom was a single mother. Um, when we were, I was young. She was 18, 19 when she had me. So one thing she used to always tell me growing up, she'd be like, yo, if you don't lose weight, if you don't make money, she's going to cheat on you. If you don't oh lose God, weight, yes. if you don't I lose weight, she's going to sleep like, with oh, somebody you else. Weight, you're going to lose him. And I used to be like, well, he can go. Yo. Like, I never girl, thought, he I, can go. Like, I never hmm. thought about it like that. Like, it's oh my so God. true. I you mean, have to, you're a lady. You have to look good. You have to maintain yourself. You always got to look, you know, presentable for your man and this and this and that. It's so true. Lily, what, what what's one thing you used to hear growing up, in oh your opinion? Oh, my gosh. So, Angie, you opened up a whole thing because we were, like, talking about, like, ah, and then it's, like, family. And I was, like, mm-hmm. it's the truth, though. It's the truth because that is where it stems from for the, for the majority. And, like, if anything, in my personal life, when, you know, because this is something that I've talked on, you know, I'm very open with mental health. And so I've talked about it. And. I have a lot with like my mother. My mom was also a single mother and a lot of it stems back from that. My mom said the same thing. She always talked bad about men. She had horrible experiences with men and she actually never wanted me to date a a Latino man, let alone an Ecuadorian. I'm Ecuadorian, but she did not want me to date an Ecuadorian. What's so bad about Ecuadorians? Because that's that's what she knew and that's who hurt her. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, and guess what? That's what that's where I ended up. <laughs> what, 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 were you, what were you pointing at, Angie? What? What were you pointing you don't listen to your mother, girl. That's, oh, so that's that's for the next podcast about parenting. Don't tell your kids no, 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 because they're gonna end up there. So stop. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but my mother would always tell me too, like, oh, los, the men are like this. They're 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 drunks. They're mujeriegos. They're always with women. You're never gonna be enough. You know, you this. And so I grew up. First of all, that's where I develop anxiety for for the most part. Like yeah. I'm a very anxious person. I'm an overthinker to the max. I may not have pl- actually. I always have backup plans for absolutely everything. That doesn't mean in a bad way, but like I'm always thinking like, all right, like I trust you, but mm, you know, like I'm. That's just how I am, and and it's terrible. But the majority of people are like that. However, I will say something that Angie, you were saying. Um, there are people that are working on themselves, right? There's 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 a, a a group of people that are working on themselves, but there's a whole chunk of people that are still provoking this toxic stuff that are embracing this, that they kind of like this, that if you're not and they think enough, it's normal, like it's yes. just in, like oh my god, it's good to be toxic, yeah. So why are you not being jealous enough anymore? And it's like I'm trying to heal. Leave me alone. So you know what, Angie? I saw you nodding your head earlier. You wanted to say something, yo. What's one thing you felt like growing up you always heard growing up? Maybe for you or maybe friends told you, but the fact that everyone caught about like your parents were your teacher, it's true. It was it was true. My when I grew up, when I was young, my grandfather, he's dead already, but he used to be like, yo, whatever you do, stay away from Colombians, stay away from the Puerto Rican Dominicans. Cuidado, cuidado, because you know what? They're gonna, they're gonna you know they're gonna Then take there's not a lot of options. He took everything. There's not a lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> but was one thing you used to always hear, Angie? You know, I would say, thankfully, my mom just would keep it more generic. She's like, well, I can't wait until you bring me that six-foot blue eye guy. That was it. She didn't say what race, thankfully, like that. At least she said six-foot and blue eyes. That was the only requirement, and he had a good career. 
Those are the three things that my mom wanted for me, no matter what, you know, and of course we have our likes, we have our interests, we have our things, which never matched up to the blue eye. But, you know, I understood what she meant by like trying to better yourself with your partner. That was the main message. Have a partner that you will become better. And But she identified that with someone with blue eyes and six feet. Because, again, that's what her experience is. She goes, okay, improvement comes from this particular lineage. But, you know, there are good women out there, and there are not-so-good women, and there's not-so-good men, and not-so-good women. Like, it's, it's, it's a combination. Um, but you, the only thing you have control in this whole situation is yourself. Want to repeat from your family. Yeah, I have a question your- about that. Because... Let's, I'll keep it real. Just everyone here said that our parents told us something growing up or we heard something growing up. I can guarantee you each one of us made a mistake after that first fight, after that first insecurity we had issue that we didn't follow those rules. And I'll keep it very simple for you. My first love, Blanquita, I'm going to keep it real. She wasn't Latina. She made me feel insecure because she cheated on me. And then she told me that, oh, no, you, no, you didn't. So then you had me questioning myself growing up. And then when we were going back and forth, she used to just throw shades at me saying, you know, I never wanted to date you. I just wanted to use you. So then as a guy, you think in my head, growing up, I'll be like, you know what? I told all my friends, if she does you dirty, break up with her, move on. But who's the pendejo that says, no, no, I don't want to break up. And I don't want to break up with you. I, I like what I get in bed. I, I, I like my stuff. I don't want to go get something new. So the question, next question to this group, why the fuck do we stay in toxic relationships? And I'm going to say that again. Anyone listening to this, why the fuck do we stay in toxic relationship? Do we think it's fixable? Has anyone here heard of a fixable relationship? Or are we just fucking love toxic? I know people that love toxic shit all the time. Don't get me wrong. We, I think we all love one or two things about toxic people. But come on. If we all have kids one day, are we going to tell them? Yeah, yeah, you stick with a toxic girl or, or guy because X, Y, and Z. I think that is I think that we are such good people that we want so much good love and we want this fantasy, the white picking fence and the house and the kids and everything that we try and we thrive to find a the good thing in someone. I think that even though that is like, well, okay, she might be loud, but she knows how to cook. She's um I know she's she has an attitude, but she she has a good heart. We always strive to find the good in someone. And I don't know if um I don't know how the girls feel, but um I always thought that that's the that's the reason why they stay. Find that good thing. Guys that also person. stay because you're good in bed. They will stay because <laughs> you're good in bed. I it's because when two of them they have power over you, the relationship is something that you know. The dating pool is crazy out here. You rather is. just Stay in a relationship and try to work this out. Just you think I want to start dating now? Like, mm, what's your favorite color? Like, no, I don't. You know. But, but so you mean so, so you're saying that you willing to stick with it? You willing to stay with the bullshit? No, 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 I'm saying like that's why some people stay. No, I, not me, but I'm saying like some people stay because it's just easier. It's familiarized. You're already used to it. It's a common exactly. Like, yes. Everyday routine is like you already know this like what do you want you rather stay with the with it what you know than get something else like mm, it's kind of like i'd rather stay with what i the devil that i know than the devil that's new you know okay i like that that. but i heard people always say the word i invested so much x amount of time on this person why would let's why would i let (laughs) someone else enjoy 
but think about time. it like this i would love to i spend so many time and i and i put so much effort and so much into the relationship and he's still the same and he still doesn't change and he's still the same so why would i put any more time i have found i have people who still stay in relationships it, no one talks to you guys and no one and you still stay in a relationship that is even bad for you and you know that it's bad because you're there depressed and you're still there like it even comes to me like why you know and it's I yeah. think everyone is different. You allow yourself to be manipulating. You know, you made me think about something right now. That, that so I'm gonna share a story. So I was talking about my, like my first love and everything, right? That we broke up. We broke up. You know what? One of these days, I swear to God, I'm, I'm gonna put her on my show. I think I built a good relationship with her to have this kind of conversation one day. But we broke up over some stupid AOL profile, and I didn't want to let go. Like <laughs> you fucking laughing at me. Not AOL, bro. Like really? AOL. I remember I tried to bring roses to her back then. I'm talking about back in the 90s. Them shits was expensive. Real roses. So, and then I remember what she did to the roses. She threw them shits in the garbage. So I said, you know what? Fuck that. I picked that shit up and I gave it to all the cheerleaders I knew. Like, fuck, at least someone enjoy it. But the toxic thing was going back and forth. Yo, it got so toxic to the point that I got kicked out of school because of her. But that's when I realized, like, yo... Damn, that's how bad it could get as a teenager. <laughs> and then growing up, and Angie could know this, like growing up and seeing people in relationships, that shit could get toxic. I had friends that told me one time they got in a fight with their partner so bad, they got out in the middle of the fucking street of the car and pulled over and said, fuck this, I'm out. And Angie's laughing because she knows exactly who this is. They were so toxic that he'll park, he'll put the car and stop in the middle of the street and get the fuck out. And you know the worst part about it is the three minutes later they'll, they'll go home and fuck each other's brains out after all that stupid shit. But I'll keep it real. Alright, I want everyone to be honest with me on this, on this part. Can we all say that we know somebody or we all have a toxic trait that we kind of like say, yeah, I remember I did something stupid growing up. Because I don't, I, I feel like I fucked up. And I think the one thing that we don't admit sometimes is we own our own toxic trait. I think that falls differently for women. I think women, it's kind of like what we get out of it. Some of the things that we get, like sometimes if we're upset about something, right? But we need an outlet. <laughs> what we can get out of someone else because we're in our toxic state of mind. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just go and we find the other toxic perspective individual or perspective personalities that are out there and have that exchange. Um, and it takes a minute for us to, in you know, you don't know what it's called. You don't know how to identify. You don't know what it is. You just know it's an outlet. And when you have those outlets with people, it doesn't matter mom, even if you have a fight con la mama and then she makes you, and then you excuse yourself because you know, she's being too much or I'm, you know, she doesn't understand me or with a friend. It's because she's jealous. You just don't ever, it, for women, it's a little bit different. And for men, I feel like it's, you know, they have their toxic traits. They get what they want. And, um, and also it depends on an individual's need. I, some, sometimes it's sexual, sexual toxicity. And then there is emotional toxicity then there's actually physical, like you need an outlet to like physically, you're gonna fight with somebody all the time. If you see there's certain people that you realize they automatically, they jump to wanna. So, so can you detect the warnings? Can, can anyone here say that they detected signs of 
a toxic trait by their partners in time to leave it or you just ignore it because I'm in love. I'm in love. And I'm going to give you this example right now um, for, for the four of you guys here. Can anyone say they're still with their first love right here? Is it no, right? So let me ask you nope. right now. If you all left after you left your first love and had that heartbreak relationship, did you take out your anger and your frustration on the next person? Or did you give the next person a break, a clear, clean slate? Or was it something from that first relationship that you brought that you're like, uh-uh, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to be a pendeja that time again. I'm not going to fall for this trap again. Because that's something that, as a man, I can't fucking stand. I think it has to do with not a lot. Like, I know what I want. When I came into this other relationship, I knew what I wanted. And I knew what I didn't like. And I knew what I liked. And not accepting it. Like, if I would just smell one little thing or, like, one thing that I didn't like, I'd be like, eh, I'm going to check you right now because I don't like that. And if we continue, then it's going to be a problem. You know, like, there's things that, let's say my family. My family is, if you have something to say, like, I'm going to flip out. Like, you know, like, like, you know how people have boundaries? My boundaries are my family. My boundaries are this. My boundaries are that. So when I learned my boundaries and I learned what bothers me, what what doesn't bother me or what I like, what do I accept? I think I had a better relationship, but when you're a teenager, you just accept anything because, you know, you don't know any better and you're learning in the process. Mm-hmm. I learned it the hard way. <laughs> How about you, Evie? Well, honestly, you know what? I, I was heartbroken that on my next relationship, I wanted to hurt that person because I was still hurting. I was still hurting. So I will pick on anything. I wanted to know if I would get away with a lot of things. The way I I allow my previous partner to do with me. But that comes with, you know, immaturity. You're young and you're learning about yourself. But I honestly that I did. And it came to a point that I realized myself. I was like, what am I doing? Because this person is treating me nice. This person really cares. And it, it, it just it comes it came to a time that it's just I have to, like, check my own self. Because I, I was just hurting that person for just because I was hurting. So it is fixable, correct? Or not? It, I think it was because it made me learn a lot. And I took it up on myself to read and, and just try to be on focus and learn about a lot of things about relationship, about myself, to give myself worth. I mean, it involved a lot of things. And it's just, but at the beginning, I was so angry. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to treat you how are they treated me. I'm going to see if you let, you know, if you can and get away. Is, with and, it. And, and that's the cycle, you know, that's the cycle, that's exactly. the, the cycle that we do over and over again. And then yep. I'm like, yo, I'm ready for the next. How about you, Lily? You ever thought about yourself when you were younger? I, you know, you moved on from one toxic relationship. You say, you know what? I'm good. I'm ready for another relationship because one of the toxic traits I had, I could say, is I hated being alone as I was young. I hated being alone. So the first thing I do is I just jump into another Don't type really. of relationship or I mess with somebody because yep. I wanted to avoid the pain. Obviously, as we get older, we hear the that's the opposite you should do. You should heal. But what do you think, Lily? So I I didn't have that much time as a teenager. I actually was a teen mom. But however, I, when I got my heart broken, I got cheated on. Right. I did all the right things, according to my mom. Like I was my first boyfriend that I actually I think I dated him for like a year and some 
time. He was like a little older than me. Didn't really like him like that. Let's start there. I liked someone else, but I gave it a try because he was nice, you know, and my mom liked him. And I was like, okay, but he cheated on me. And because he cheated on me after everything that I did right, whatever that meant, right? Um, I lost my mind. I lost my mind and I was just like, you know, I did this and I did that and, you know, more personal stuff, right? And I was like, you know what? He was very prideful. So I hurt him. I hurt him. I hurt him. <laughs> I hurt him in his pride. I was like, I wanted, again, like you said, a lot of, we were teenagers. So, you know. So what did you do? I want to know how, how do you hurt somebody? Because hurting somebody is, you know, I don't know. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. You took a shot right now, too, by the way. you like... I mean, it's, you you hurt someone. Un, like, I used to hurt people unintentionally because I used to come from other relationships, like, not get, not caring. When I stopped caring about that, like, I completely didn't care. So I would not do the same things in other relationships. So then they'll be like, yo, you're, like, you're so detached. You're not. Yeah, because what's the point? You're too blunt. You, you, you're the type of person you're going to send a guy to therapy. I'm going to keep it real <laughs> with you. You're sending someone to therapy. <laughs> Angie, you too. Angie, I know you. <laughs> well, you it's, it, you know, this is now like 2020 vision. Like when you come out of that relationship and you're coming out and you're like, what, what am I going through? And you don't need, you just <laughs> know you're a different person than who you were and who you were within that relationship that you now don't know how to implement what you've learned, what you don't want, the boundaries you are. And let me just say the next relationship, it, it, it's really a fuck up because of the fact that we just learned something from our previous relationship. And now we're trying to implement it into this new relationship. It's not our, I don't think sometimes maybe the back intention is to hurt the person, the next person, not because it's, just, it's, it's not, I don't think it's the word is hurt, it's limit them from hurting mm -hmm. us. That's actually the word. Limit them. I'll hurt you before you hurt me. Because if we both broken though, let's say I'm broken, you broken. Why so the fuck the, you want to hurt me more? So it's tat because at this point, that's called petty. So that's when you go. Now you got into a petty relationship because mm -hmm. I see you do something. I'm gonna deflect. I'm gonna go do, and I'm gonna do this to you, and I'm gonna go back and forth until this thing becomes toxic and maybe there's some toxic competitive right. matter of fact here's a question here's a question for you on that and have you anyone here have ever gone back to the toxic partner even for a fun time or they just wanted to go back because you know what it is who it is because they didn't like what they currently have or they missed that comfortability of being toxic because some people let's face it they like that shit you know yeah. I, I knew a couple that they were violent with each other they love wow. being violent. She, he used to like when she used to hit him. She mm -hmm. used to punch him. She used to be, and he used to take it. And I'm like, and he was the type of guy that he never ever hit a woman. But I'm like, why the um, fuck do you let yourself get hit so much? That sounds more kinky than toxic. I mean, that's toxic <laughs> to me because the way from what I found out after her, she thought she could do that to the next guy. The next guy did not like it. that and mm -hmm. taught her a lesson, which was. You punch me, I'm gonna punch you. Yeah. So she. I think it, it also does, it's definition of like toxic, and I think that that was like the like the beginning part of everything. It's just like like we were saying, some people see it like it's okay to feel like like if you're too jealous. Some people say like, oh, that's toxic, and then other people like, no, that's okay to be a 
a little too jealous because you know if you're not then you don't like me you don't find me attractive you know so like right, I, it doesn't I'm, turn them on it, yeah so there's people like that so i think it actually definitely does depend on mm -hmm. you know how you define toxicity whatever you want to say <laughs> the level kind of like, say, like you when you get older you notice these things like what's broken in you that kept you in a broken relationship basically like those are the things that you go through like i didn't know a lot about relationships but i did learn the hard way and i got better and now i'm you know when now that you're in a relationship that you actually appreciate you actually enjoy it's kind of like damn it took so long to get here but if i would have not done that process then i would have never gotten here so then it was so live and learn you're trying to say live and learn yeah live right, so, and learn. So, like, so you're saying that you're in charge is your rules the way i mean i have a theory i'm gonna keep it real with you the more shit you went through the more scars you have in life i feel like between you and a partner, you should lead the way because you've been through a lot more. I don't know. That's just my point of view. If you've been through a lot more than the other person has, sometimes it's good to lead the way because you know where it lands. Sometimes playing the 50 50, oh, I know more, but I want to be fair to you, could lead some some up and down. I think relationships shouldn't be, relationship shouldn't be 50 50. Relationships should be where I don't qualify or provide that other person can fill that space so that we can have a whole you know what i'm saying give me an example i want an like, example of that like me like let's say me and my partner if i'm good at something i'm good at talking i'm good at communicating i'm good at getting stuff done like he's not so i'm always the one talking to companies doing what i have to do getting things done that's me but he's just not good at that so wherever he falls i fill you know what i'm saying so that makes us a whole that's a nice way of seeing it. I just thought you probably scream at them like, "Yo, what the fuck? Do that? Do this?" No, because sometimes some people are just not good at stuff, or not good in things, or not good at saying how they feel, some or expressing themselves. But I am. So like that is, I think a relationship without communication is really hard to have. Uh, what is everyone's love language here? What is your love? I want to know everyone's love language here, like, because it sounds. I think that could also play a role. It sounds to me you're about communication. Am I right or wrong? I am about communication. If you know what may after you've been with somebody for so long, you know what ticks, what doesn't, what doesn't. And mm -hmm. if you if you're a good person and not trying to be toxic, you know where your limits are, you know what to say, you don't you know what not to say to trigger that person. And I and I and I would like the same back. You know what I'm saying? But what happens so if the person doesn't have the same love language as you? If you the know? person has the same love language, then it's it has to come to like an agreement, like, oh, I don't like when you do this. You gotta adapt yourself, like yeah, mold each uh, other. So what's so your you love guys language? Can you can understand. So what's your love language? That's a good question. Just because you know, I I just want somebody to just talk to me and be straight up and don't sugarcoat anything. Don't make it look beautiful. Just talk to me straight up. You know, you sometimes like that straight up shit. Like, yo, yes, you I mess do. with me or you want to fuck? Which way? <laughs> no, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you know when you are talking to your partner, they like they talk about everything else except the point that they want to get across. Don't talk about everything else. Talk to me right here and tell me what's wrong, what is happening, what do you want? You know, and and that's the type of communication that I love. Just talk to me because I'm very open-minded. I'm very um, upbeat. I'm, I'm down for anything. You, we're supposed to be a team. So, so from the beginning talk, of the relationship, you, know? you, you're all about communication. Yes. 
But you gotta understand too, like, what are acceptable mistakes that you will accept in a relationship? The do's and don'ts. Lily is pretty has this shit that she has this thing about do's and don'ts. Get Lily, it, Lily. Get share, it. Share me some do's and don'ts, and then Angie, I want to go to you about do's and don'ts. No, I was like ready to say my 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 love languages. Oh my god! No. Tell me, your, <laughs> tell me your love language. But I want to know the do's and don'ts because you know what? That makes a big. I think that's the thing that we need to learn when it comes to relationships and toxic relationships. Your do's and don'ts. All right. Oh, so you, I still gotta say my love languages. Okay, that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's tied into it's tied into the do's and don'ts. So like, um, I forgot. I'm sorry. Who was saying G or, or Evie about the if you spend time with this person, you know, you already know sort of like what they like, what they don't like. So there's this sort of expectation already there. Like you should know, right? And so, with that being said, my love language is acts of service. Like I do a lot. I am like a busy bee. I and a lot of us women do a lot. You know, and like when you're very independent and you were raised by a single mother or whatever it is, Latinos, whatever, you're hardworking, you're whatever, you're doing all this stuff, you tend to not ask for help. It's really hard to ask for help, you know? And like people say, what do you need help with? And whatever. And it's like, "Mm -hmm." So that's your toxic trade. (laughs) You're always in charge of your house. You're in charge of everything. But then again, you probably complain about that. You're always doing everything. And the (laughs) mofo wants to be like, yo, what's up? I want to be in charge now. Some 365 days type of motherfucker. I don't mind the person being in charge, but you know what? They never in charge. They never do anything. They, I gotta say it. I'm not gonna say it. You've been with you probably me. gonna push. You know you have. You know you know I have a family. You know I work here. You know I would. Do, what are you doing? You do something. Like hello. Why well, I have to say something? Anyways, um. So <laughs> that's the part that the do's and don'ts. So like there's certain things like if you've done something, you've experienced something in the past, you clearly may, you don't want to repeat that, you know. And perhaps you've communicated this with this new partner. You don't want to repeat that again, right? Yeah. And and so I, I definitely agree with communication is definitely key. You should communicate. There's things that might not be good for me or for other couples or whatever, but for you, it works. For you, it might. For others, it might not work. And and that's what we were talking in our last podcast. There's certain things that some people were like, oh no. But you know what? That's for you. That's between you both. You know, for you it works. For the other one, it doesn't. As long as it's communicated. Mm-hmm. You know, there's children involved. There's no children. You had a ch- child before. You didn't. But you're you're open to this. You're open to that. Cool. Communication from the beginning. Because when there is not that, that's when things start slipping up later. You didn't that say this. That sounds sweet. That sounds so sweet. Community. You know it sounds all beautiful in the beginning. Well, I know. Angie, what are, you, what are your you. thoughts about that? What is your thoughts? <laughs> about, what, what is your love language, first of all? And, I, you know, I never asked you that before. And, two, like, you know, the do's and don'ts. Because I think that's... An, we've been talking about the shit that we've done. But it's important to know the do's and don'ts because you know what? One thing I do want to share with people here is it's I think it's fixable. And I think after this question, I do want to ask everyone, what's your point of view on how to get out of a toxic relationship? Because let's be honest, unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's not situations where people can get out. And it's, it sounds fun in games that we fuck up and all that. And it's great that we got out of it, but there's some that didn't, some paid their price with their life, some in jail, some scars for the rest of their life so um so definitely mine is like quality time um i love that time like one-to-one especially in traveling like for me it's like a big thing because when you go away and you just spend time together you also like face challenges together and it, it kind of reinforces the bond between two people when you even if it's like in a cabin up in the weekend it's some it it reinforces to lean on one another um and have that and kind of you're forced to have a conversation with each other all the time 
and the things that for me like the gift giving but i don't for me it's not like something grand i like things like small tokens oh i thought of you i bought this i don't know this this little item that made me think of you it doesn't have to be all the time but it has to be in small tokens because we spent our days working so hard doing a hundred thousand things and like knowing that in throughout that day there was something that reminded me of like I, you know, I, something that I remind, and I know this is a little bit more on the feminine side. I'll bring a fucking taco and a taco Tuesday. That's Trust it. me, I, I like. know it. Like, yeah. Yes. You'd be surprised. It, it It's so micro, but every dose, every time it's like a drop, it adds to your relationship. And then refocuses you all the time because unfortunately we have ADHD forcefully because of all the responsibilities we have on our plate. We are forced to be spread out thin. So to when your partner takes the time to refocus on us, it's so micro, but it makes such an impact on a day-to-day. Today, I might've had this responsibility, that responsibility, and, and then he does this nice small token. You're like, oh my God, thank you for reminding us of us. Like, thank you for doing okay, that. Okay, so just to get back on that, because I want all four of you, I could just think of one thing right now that I could definitely see you, everyone here doing. Has there ever been a time that you guys bust your ass, working your ass off all day with the kids, working all day, and your husband or your boyfriend does something extra pretty, like buy you something extra, but at the end of the night wants to spend some quality time with you, and you go, ah, I'm too tired. Ah, not now. Ah, do I really have to? Because everything you said right now, the first thing I thought in my head was, yeah, that's so sweet we thought about you, but now we want to spend some time with you, but you're fucking tired because all day you've been spending working your ass off. And That's, maybe we were, we've been working all day too, but we don't see that, you know, we work too. And we don't think of it the way you think of it. It's, you see the spread, you see the men spreading themselves out. is different. You're different. You're doing your work. You're doing your day. You're, you're interact. You're in your systematic spread, so to speak. So you go to work, you do this, you day, you deal with the same people every day. You do have stressors. Okay. That's spread. Children wake up with different moods every day and with different energy levels. And so today, they might absorb your life force within you. And, you know, our days are not systematic. They're mother this. And then not only that, our hormones want to mess with us. So there's another absorption. Then the world wants to be a little crooked, and there's another absorption. So, and, and it's so unfortunate because women don't want to be less for their man, they want to be more. But what is put on our plate, absorbs so much of our energy. And it's just like, it's unfair to you. We know it's unfair to you, but it's the what's on our plate sucks. It's not fair to us either. We don't want it. Sometimes we go, can we put it back in the closet and close it and never remember again? We can't because it's always on our plate. Is this why everyone drinks? Is this why everyone is- here is drinking right now? Because yes. of the shit they went through all day? It, it, it's, it's different. You see, I, I don't... Men, you have your responsibility. It is gonna, it's gonna take a lot of drainage out of you, but it's just different because it's, it's a different level of involvement. And it's some, and some, some days when the kids are having a great day, trust me, she's gonna have the time and energy to give you love because they had a great day and they didn't stress you out. And that's why you'd be like, and the day you're tired, she, you'd be like, oh, I'm tired, but she's like, today I got. I need to know. I need to see. Can, is, can everyone else confirm that's true or not? Because. A guy's not going to say no. Evie, how about you? 
No, I agree with her. Um, I think that if you're with someone that is going to be understandable and willing to work with you and just um, said, okay, honey, you know, the, it's okay. Take your time. Take, you know, when we, as a, uh, me as a woman, if I get that love and that attention and that understanding, man, in two hours, don't worry, I'm gonna wake you up at two o'clock in the morning. We're gonna do something, but it becomes, you know what I mean? It's like that that feeling if you get, you know, receiving. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna get it back, but it's just it's that understanding. Sometimes men don't have the patience. They'd be like, oh man, you always did, you always not, you never. Is do that anything. also you know a, a power that women abuse? They know they have to use that as like a little reward system. It doesn't be, it becomes a reward system, you know that. And people talk about that. But before I get to that, I want to ask you something about toxic relationships that I thought about back in the days. Um, I was always had the impression, and I've learned you could correct me if I'm wrong or you can be point of view. They used to say that a lot of toxic relationships in the past happened to wives that used to be at home more often, they weren't working, and they had these men that provided everything, so they used to deal with their bullshit. Because when I got when I was younger, I used to meet older women. They used to tell me, oh, you know, I'm just staying with him because of the kids. He pays the bills. I take care of the house and I don't, I can't leave him because then I lose everything. And then these are the men that abuse them. You know, they I mean, that's not like them. a more old traditional thing. You know, and do you like think it's still happening thing? now? Do you think that's I think something... it still happens, especially in Spanish cultures, I think. But I feel like it's kind of ignorant because kids know. Like, I don't even have to tell my kids that I'm in a vibe. They already smell that from the... I didn't even wake up and they're already like, yo, mom is in a mood. Like, they already know. It's just like, to be in a relationship that you okay, then your kids, it's gonna it's gonna continue with your kids. And they'll be like, oh, if my mom accepted then you can accept it too to another woman. You know what I'm saying? But they can say that to a female. Oh, my mom took all that from my dad. Why can't you? Like, it continues in and that's what I'm saying. Like, anything that you do in life and anything that you accept, it reflects on your kids, it reflects on you. But it's easier said than done, of course. You know, nobody has the, I guess, the balls that other do to, to leave stuff like that. And I get it because I have family members who are still in stuff like that. And I don't understand it. And that's one thing that hurts me the most. I don't understand why you're still there if you're unhappy, you're sad, you're miserable, why you're still there. And even if you ask them, they can't answer it either. And that kind of hurts to see someone that you love in a relationship that is so toxic that they're depressed and they're sad and they're still in it. But it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to even. We all have is that one fear. Is that that's, fear that we that women fear. have, and even men have, you know, because men could be in a toxic relationship as well. There is that mm. fear fear when everybody was saying you know like why or like it's this or it's that it's fear it's not so much the manipulation or the this or the that it's the fear the fear of starting again the fear of yeah. you know you know like i know him better or i know her better someone i know what he likes or he's comfortable already I'm comfortable. I, I think it's, it's easier for women to start all over compared to a guy I know. Yeah, I feel are, listen, like with the way things are and the way it's displayed on social media, it makes it look in so many crazy ways. But like women take the kids regardless for the most part. And so like, how is it going to be easier? You have to like, like they're promoting now like things about like, oh, 
like showing how I saw this video and I was so upset. I shared it with you, um, but you never responded to it about how they were bashing a woman um, about like she had a kid. And then like the guy was talking about like, oh, the expectation that I'm supposed to like take care of the kid. And it's like, wait, hold up. Like, it, I don't know what it was, but I didn't like what I heard. And it wasn't like the expectation that you're going to raise and take care of the kid. But like, that's the, the, the child of the woman you're going to date. Like, what are you, it's gonna, where, where are you gonna put the kid? Like, hello, oh, you know? So like, with the things that social media is like glorifying, it's just making it harder. But what I will say, I don't think it's easier on any angle, depending on, you know, there are men that take their kids. Cause like, like um, everyone said, there are, like Angie said, there's women that are not good and there's men that are, you know, so it's, it's not, you know, it's unbalanced, but I, I will just, say. I, I just feel that if I could say, hey, listen, I have my kids. I'm the baby daddy. Meeting a woman, the first thing she's going to think is, oh, your baby daddy? I wonder what you did that broke up the relationship. Because usually that's the way it goes. If I just meet you the first time, hey, Evie, let's go out to dinner. We'll get to know, yeah, I got two kids and all that. I, I guarantee you back in your mind thinking, what this motherfucker did? You know, what did this guy do compared to well, I, okay, I, I met that G right true. now, and she's a mother with, like, two, three kids. You know, oh, she's so sweet and nice. Oh, that, that guy must have been an asshole or something, you know? Because, you know, when you first meet somebody, you're always going to show the best version of yourself. But guys don't have that. Guys don't have that best version of yourself. We already have a mark. If you're a kid, if you have a kid right now, right the back. Um, guys do have that. They have that love bombing that they do for the first, even how many months. That love bombing is crazy. Angie, you're next. I want you to continue with that. Crazy. I saw your face. What you mean love bombing? I, I don't... Men love bomb a woman and get her addicted. And then they'd be like, ah, stop. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, but you used to do this. But you used to do this. And, oh, you always whining. You always want to. But wait a minute. Didn't you love bomb me for a whole year? Like, what? I just learned that word, by the way, love bombing. I never heard of that. So what's the definition of love bombing? It's kind of like they floodgate you with so much love and you feel like over, like, I am the one. I am going to be like, like, esposa of the year. This man got me for life. I'm going to dedicate my life to him. And that, and then they pull away and you're like, well, maybe if I do this, he'll give it back to me. Maybe if I do that, he'll give it back to me. And the mother flower in going never give it back. To it never comes back. It never comes back. It left. Yo, I, I, as a guy, I feel like guys tell me this. And I, look, I'm gonna, let's see if you guys tell me if it's true or not. Men told me the same way. Yo, that first two years of relationship, yo, we're sleeping every three, four, like three, four times a week. We're going out drinking, clubbing. Three, four years later, bro, I barely get something every two weeks. Or every once a month, and that, tell me that's not true or not that it happened. You met people like that, yeah. You know but when you're in a laughing. real relationship, like that's what guys don't get. When you're in a real relationship, it's not all about sex. Like it's yeah. so many other things that fill that fill your needs and fill all your emotions. And sex is, of course, is enjoyable and it's everything, but it's it's not everything when you have so many things. You know what I'm saying? You see, I feel like, and there's also something missing in the love story. Sometimes they forget to add the factor of like what changes somebody might have passed away and then you had a couple of weeks where you needed to like heal from that but they don't mention that they said she just stopped having sex with me or she maybe had a miscarriage no they don't want to mention that they want to go and say oh it's, she's doing this to me so okay so is sex considered like, toxic so is that, is that a toxic trait? That, that is because a weapon. They, is it weaponized i don't i it's kind of hard it's kind of like 
They wanted to quit, but instead stood around. And then giving themselves reasons to do la cosa mala towards you because they go, okay, I, I did all this stuff. Now she's not doing it. I'm going to do this on the side, but I'm, I don't want to leave her because she's a good person. There's a... No, because you know how it is. If I can't if I can have you, no one can. If I can't be happy, that. you can't be happy. So, like, so, that's that uh, baby daddy. There's that baby daddy in the corner, you know? <laughs> I agree, and and I've heard of of those kind of stories where you know I can't. You know what no it is? You love you. that woman. The men like baby daddies. A lot of them, they, they love that woman. They that sure woman do. is their life. But because that woman had enough, and she don't want no more, and he can't be with her, and she's not taking on his shit anymore, then he feels like, oh, so then I'm gonna make your life a living hell. You get what I'm saying? Like it's not even about the kids anymore because you're not even thinking about the kids. You're thinking about exactly. you're gonna. Exactly. So let's talk about that part. So let's talk about that, Evie. Let's go, let's go with Evie first. So let me get that part thing. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this. You said something very, very interesting right now. You know, although we're talking and laughing about a lot of the toxic stuff that, yeah, we've gone, gone through, there's some negative things that come out of it. You know, you feel trapped. You feel stuck. You feel like you can't move on. And I've unfortunately met people that tell me that they're not allowed to date. They're not allowed to do anything. Their husband is sleeping with like five different women, but they God, God forbid they find out that the girlfriend or wife, ex-wife moved on one time. They're gonna break the doors. They're gonna burn the cars. They're gonna do anything in the world and fear. And exactly. and, I keep, and it goes the same way around. You know, you know, baby daddy breaks up and he moves on. Baby mama's gonna cause drama, post things online, and you know, it's just at what point does it stop and you can say you move on? You know, I think it, it has to yeah. come from you. It has to come from you. If you're you're willing to just like just give up and just like, you know what? I'm just gonna just live like this. Um he's gonna become my safety blanket and I'm just gonna be, you know, like the song says, you know, la costumbre, you know, like um the India song, you know. Oh, you know, God. la costumbre becomes more powerful than love. And it's just you get used to it and you just, you, you just give up. But I was person in, in a relationship like that. And I started realizing little by little that I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I wasn't feeling like fulfilled. I wasn't feeling like he was my partner. He wasn't the person that was going to have my back. And little by little, I started just rebelling, rebelling about anything that he was saying. He didn't like it. And he would be like, Oh, well, then I don't need you anymore. And I'm just going to look for somebody else. And then when that happened, I took it, on, uh, took it up on myself. This is my escape time right now. And I'm just going to be like, okay, you want to leave me? Fine. Bye. And that was just my clue to go. I let him keep that power that he broke up with me. But in reality, I broke out of that. So, you know, but- what? I've heard of that trick. I've heard of that trick that you let a narcissist leave you first. Because yeah. if you leave a narcissist, someone toxic, they're never going to leave you. They feed into your fear. They feed into everything, you know, that that, that controlling, like, tells you what to do and, and like, put you in a guilt trip. Well, well, so I guess, you know, you don't love me, I guess. But it's okay, you know. Do you feel you like know, that it, whole it has, manipulation? Yeah, it's, I was going to say, it's called the art of manipulation. But do you feel that as human beings, as people that we are, we just don't want to fail? Like we, we, like we all come from Latino cultures, you know, and then God forbid we introduce our partners 
to our family, you know, that get together, that Thanksgiving dinner. But then two, three weeks later, the physical violence starts, the toxic relationship starts. And you're like, in your back of your head, you're like, damn, man, I don't want my grandma and my mom to tell me they were right. Because there are people that be like, you know what? They tell you, oh, cuidado con ese hombre, cuidado con esa muchacha, you know, cuidado con esa mujer, pica flor. And next no, thing because you know, then they're going to come back and say, I told you so. Exactly. I told so what you do we that. do? Is you see, you don't of, listen. Isn't it the phase of toxic relationship where we're saying, let's try to fix them. Let's see if we can fix the situation. Or you go back and forth with yeah. the same shit over and over again. Yeah, I've had that. Um, it's, it's again, it's one of those things like comfort. Um, it's not, I don't feel like it's almost just like the amount of energy women have to expel on a day-to-day basis. Like, I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of like, I, I don't feel like the sense of responsibility that we have to ourselves, to our family, to our community, to every element of us, right? So we're, you know, and then to have a partner to lean on feels so necessary in, in, in some ways. And um, we know we don't need that, but like, it's, it's something that you need at like, at the end of the night, you just want to go under your your person and then even if he's an annoying mother you know you just at least you get that comfort that that hold that thing what that happens you- if that person knows that you know what i got you like that i know that's your your your, your love language it, i could take advantage of that shit because you know i'm toxic and you ain't going nowhere but at least you know the devil like that's how some people feel like at least i know that devil i don't know that devil i don't know that devil but i know this devil so if you think about it, it's it's a very and it's it's a comfortability, and I you know there's so many different like theorists and ideologists that comfort is like the destroyer of everything. It is the thing that really messes up a lot of uh, there's comfort, right? There's comfort, and then there's functionality. Having a functional relationship is something that always will keep that consistent comfortability, but in a healthy ma- manner. Then there is the other element where it's a toxic relationship, but they're giving you what you need. It's kind of have eating candy, but you know it's going to give you cavities. Instead of eating fruits, vegetables, and all the other good stuff that, you know, you can still get it, you know, but you still want to eat that chocolate that gives you that cavity. And you kind of still keep so then, going. So then, so then people can act like victims yeah. later on in life when, oh, the pendejo broke my heart. He beat me up. I got, you know, he did all this shit to me. You know what you got yourself. At what point do you feel like the person should know already? Well, it's a Yo, I got myself. No, sometimes, go- if you, sometimes you just like the glasses. You want to live your life in wearing those glasses. You can wear it as long as you want. You look good. You look good in the in the storytelling. Who wouldn't want to be the main character of your life story, looking beautiful and amazing? Lily, what do you think? Why about would that? I want to put the mic towards me and say, "Well, where's your accountability?" I don't want to know about this. Let me go on my merry way with my glasses, living cool, telling everybody, tu sabes que ese hombre me hizo eso, but don't worry, I'm going to get in one day, and then I'm on his armpit. You know that? I feel like that makes sense if you have money. I've been seeing those shit on TikTok sometimes where <laughs> these motherfuckers rich. I don't, I, I turn the other way because yeah. he has all the money. But then, then again, you know. It's, there's something in everyone's trait. It's us. It's us. It's not, it's our trait. Sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it is money. Sometimes it's a character flaw that we haven't recognized within ourselves. It could be 
it could be so many things about our history that that person who also has that connection to our toxic trait that you go back and forth with. And the thing is that my toxic trait might not be the same as yours. It might be different. So everyone has their own version based on their own history, based on their own experience. And that's why, and sometimes other people can see the toxicity from a mile away on that person. But because of my eyesight of what I've built up, my archive in my head, I don't see nothing. Can you detect when someone's toxic? For me, I'm going to give you my stereotype about it. When I was younger, Anyone that was all hood on me, using her fingers like this on my face, like talking to me like that, I'm like, oh, hell no, that's all toxic right there. I'm not going to waste my time. The, one, the ones that used to talk to me, your son, like that to me, I'm good. I know, I could just see already that you're going to be a, a problem. And I know for women, you can detect this from men. So what advice would you give someone to avoid this, finding these toxic traits? Because it is us. You know, yo quiero ese, ese altito negrito that's six feet tall at least minimum. Or I want a hood dude that I could change because I know I could change every hood dude there is. I want that bad boy because that's the way I grew up. I grew up that when I was 13, 14, 15, I was competing against 24-year-olds that were dating these 15, 16-year-old girls because they wanted that bad boy. But then they were getting confused like, why my 24-year-old boyfriend cheated on me with a 22-year-old? I'm like, um, pendeja, you're like 15. You're not a woman yet. Like those are the things I grew up on when it comes to toxic, and then next thing you know, it you see the drama. I can't keep telling that one person, "Oh, you're in a toxic way." You have to know this, you know, and you have to be accountable for one more for yourself and to be in a better place for yourself. If you want to have a better relationship with someone, you're the one that has to know this. No one is gonna get anyone out of any relationship if they don't want it. They want to be there. They're gonna be there forever. So until that person notices and holds that person accountable and start changing herself or himself, they're never going to get out of it. Because it's like, if I'm in a relationship and I think this is fine for me and I accept it, then what is anybody else's opinion going to matter here? So that has a lot to do with self, uh, you know, accountability for yourself, self-esteem, um, loving yourself, knowing what to accept, knowing what not to accept. And knowing that you can move on, like, you know, all those things. And yeah, it's hard, of course. Moving on, learning what you don't like, learning what you, checking yourself is one of the hardest things in the world. And I, even to this day, still checking myself. Like I tell my, like I tell my kids, like, one of the hardest things in the world is actually taking accountability and actually changing your behavior so that you won't do it again. Because, and I'm 30 something years old and I still to this day, I'm still learning of how to do things like that. So if I'm still learning, there has to be that. We are still learning, but we at least have to be accountable for our self love. And at least at night that I'm not stressed out, that I'm actually happy where I am. And if you're not happy where you are, then you start there. Holy crap, I'm not happy here. How can I be somewhere where I am happy? You know what I'm saying? Like, I like that. So I got self love. I got I got self love and accountability from you. I like that, Lily. How about you? Uh, definitely, what G said was like almost absolutely everything. I think definitely taking that moment, reflecting on yourself, and definitely taking a, a moment and and just looking at taking a moment and and looking at your whole life and just are you happy where you're at for sure you know not for nobody else not for your children not for your current partner if you're there not for your family but for yourself where you're at 
where you, you know, and, and all the other experiences that you may have already experienced and really evaluate that. And, and like you said, it's really, really hard to like accept that, damn, maybe this is not it and letting go. Um, the, I think that that's the hardest thing, letting go due to whatever fear it is. It's so hard. It's doable. It might be a process. It might take long, but just start. I think that, that, that just start, start somewhere, wherever that is, start. Um, because it's just, you're just delaying. You're just delaying that healing, that love, that, that love that you deserve, that you know you deserve, not anybody else. No one else can tell you what you deserve, but yourself. Not no guy, not no partner, not no anyone else, but yourself. So find and your so, love. So like pretty I, much discover your love. Your own love for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, was, I like that. So we have self-accountability, self-love. And then for those that don't can't do self-love, discover it. Right. How about you, Evie? I think you have to evaluate and think about what is around you. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you want to do? How, where do you want, you see yourself in five years from now? What is it that you want? What is it that you dream of? And start thinking about your situation now. And if you need to get help, go get help and walk away. I think that's one of the things that we, when we go through all this stuff, we just self, like uh, when we talked about, um, you know, you don't want to tell uh their family about what's going on because they don't want to hear the back, you know, a feedback of like, I told you so, but you know what? You have to just take it up on yourself and seek help and, and talk to a friend. Um, it's research online. Everything is online. There's videos, there's stuff and start thinking about what is it that makes you happy and just walk away and go get it. I like the whole research thing because people don't do that. They don't. Find group. There's so much in, in stuff a, out there yeah. now that is coming out. Like, take advantage of that. Definitely. So do your research, pretty much. Do your research. Yes. Look for some help. It's okay to ask for help. Is that it's correct? okay. It's okay to ask for help. And it, 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 you could use with anything in your life, but it's okay. I like. You're that. not gonna be judged. Angie. Um, so I have a different way of approaching, like if, because I feel like a lot of people don't get a manual life. They don't, they don't know how to assess themselves as of yet. They don't know how to really understand what's the process of relationship and how it's supposed to work. So the best way I can describe it to people, it's like you are an employer. And the person that you're going to hire in your company or who's going to be part of your day to day, the employee, so to speak, the partner, so to speak. Like, you know, in, in the company, there's a CFO, there's a CEO and whatever the case is. When you're hiring someone to be part of your company, so to speak, what kind of person do you want to be working with on the day to day basis? And usually after three months, the quality of what you get first, the first three months goes down. By the end of the year, it don't work. <laughs> Most employees leave after a year. And assessing yourself throughout that time, and, and it sounds funny, but if you think about it, because we all go to work every day, and I think that's the only way to reference it. If you realize someone's not doing their part, their responsibility, their chore, their things 
with you for the because you're trying to become a better version of yourself, a better company, a better corporation, a better this. You want to grow as overall. And they're just not, they're, they're, their quality of employment and applying me as support is going down. Why are you going to continue working with them? Why are you going to continue dealing with them day to day? Just fire them. Just fire them. And, it's, and it sounds funny because it is, but that's the only way I can give people like an understanding of what they're dealing with. That's how I can simplify it. So to, to the day-to-day -day person, because I love is it this is how I compartmentalize the information, so to speak. Um, because in reality, love is complicated. Love in itself, the feeling, the emotion, the adrenaline, the all the serotonin, all these different things really mess up with us. But the only way to have an idea of what we're dealing with is to compartmentalize what's happening in front of us. Okay, I have this person, I love them, I care for them, but are they giving back what you're giving to them? And if you're assessing yourself every so often, and if you realize that the quality between the both of you and what you two are producing becomes not what you envisioned or want for yourself. The main thing you just said right now that I really know that it makes sense is that when you take the I into we, because it becomes when it comes to we, it becomes a two person game. But if you keep on using the I in the relationship, mm -hmm. it's you that has to hold on to the ground. So and what I'm going to do now with you and that, because I really like that. So we're going to end this in a very different way. We just barely touched the tip of the iceberg and I definitely have so much follow up questions. The way I'm going to give you the overview of what I've learned right now, it has to do a lot with self-love here. This conversation, all of this has to do with self-love. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to ask each one of you is when I ask you to speak, pretend you're speaking to somebody. Pretend you're speaking to a survivor right now. What a piece of advice would you give them? Someone who's actually watching this, who may be scared to even leave a relationship. So pretend when, you, when you're saying your thing, you're actually talking to someone who's really trying to get out of it or someone who just got out of it, maybe through your experience. I'm gonna give you my point of view and the way I view it, um, two things. When it comes to toxic relationships, whether it's family, friends, or relationships, you gotta love yourself, but you also got, it's got, you gotta think it's okay. It's okay to take a step back to say no. It's, it's okay to start all over again. Um, people wanna spend 20, 30 years in a relationship saying, in my next life, I'll do better. What next life? You know, you're the youngest version now, as well as the oldest version now as we speak. But my always advice to anyone listening to this, if you were in, in two, three toxic relationship, before you go back to another one, or even think about it, assess yourself, love yourself, learn more about yourself, therapy, focus groups. There are a lot of people out there. You have the YouTube, you have social media, you have TikToks. There are people out there sharing all their stories. I guarantee you there's a story out there that could be like, yo, I know exactly what he, he or she went through. So take your time because there's no race. I'd rather you study and observe as much as possible before you get into another relationship. So if you find yourself uh, like you're alone, you're stuck, like you can't do this, you're afraid, you're scared. Um, I've been there. I actually am a survivor of domestic violence. I, in my first relationship when I had my two youngest children and um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I actually almost stayed there because 
as most families, you know, I was told even before I opened my mouth to actually like ask for help or say how I was doing, I was already told like, you need to make it. You need to push through and pull, you know, be, you know, like stand out, make the family proud with your husband. Because, you know, even though I wasn't married, that was my husband at that point. Come out with your children, you know, have the biological father and your children, you know, no matter what. And that message really stuck in my head, no matter what. That meant pain, that meant crying, that meant suffering, that meant anything. And I was, I was 16, 17 years old, and that stuck in my head for a while. Had I not had some support, someone, someone around me kind of tell me, you know, hold my hand a little bit and let myself, even though I had no idea what I was doing, I wouldn't be where I, I was at, where I am now. And so my message to you is, it's going to be okay. You don't have to stay where you're at. There is so much help out there. There is online, there are like TikToks, there's social media. It's about you. It's not about anyone else. It's not about family. It's not about anyone else. It's about you, your safety, your well-being. If there's children involved, it's about their well-being. It's about you, 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 you need to live in order to be able to take care of yourself and your children. And so if you're in that situation, please find help. It's a process. I'm still learning. I'm still healing. Healing is a continuous thing. You are loved. You are beautiful. You're going to be okay. Much love. and I would say to that person out there either, are you ready to be happy? Then it's up to you to change. It's up to you to take that stand and say you had enough. It's enough of suffering. It's enough of crying. It's enough of trying to change somebody that is never going to change. Okay? You cannot babysit everyone in your life. You cannot micromanage anything in your life. You have to take control of your life. Take that initiative to just do it for yourself, your kids, your family. What matters to you, you can do it. Start building your base. What's up, G? First, I'm just going to say, stop putting yourself last. I'll eat last. I'll take a bath last. I'll do all that. Put yourself first. Because if you put yourself first, everything else falls into place. You'll get more respect because you respect yourself and you respect. And that person is going to respect you for respecting yourself. Stop not giving yourself enough credit for the things that you do. Stop neglecting that if something's wrong, it's wrong. If you think it's wrong, girl, it's wrong. He's doing something wrong. Check him. Like, acknowledge it. If somebody does something wrong, acknowledge it. Yeah, it feels lonely. Yeah, victim life is hard. It feels lonely. You're going through grief. You're going through that. But it gets better. So acknowledge that it's a power that you have to have within yourself. And no one can help you with it. Stop thinking about, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be the, yeah, you're going to be sad. Yeah, you're going to be hurt. You're going to go through it, but it's going to be better because you're actually going to be happy. And you have to be willing to walk alone. But you got to be willing to do it by yourself in order to do it with someone next to you. That's deep. Just fucking do it, right? All right. Angie? I would just say take a breath. Just breathe. It's some other air. <laughs> it, 
you're here. It's you're here now. Like the chances of you being here are one and a trillion. And the way you are, who you are, who you are in this moment is um it's gonna be it's it's like it's a magic it's magical, so to speak. There's no chance they're gonna be another you anywhere in the world. And just breathe because it's okay you don't know what's next because no one here no no one got to where they are no one built the to be the best version without taking steps every day is a step towards being a better version of yourself then take your first baby step whichever way don't worry about who or what or how anybody else feels because you are your own being your own power your own energy your own like you are the the you are the director of your own future and no one is going to take responsibility for that but yourself so just breathe and then just love what you are so you got this and i know that you would figure out what you're going to design for yourself for tomorrow and i hope you the best damn mad good advice up in here so i appreciate every single one with their advice I'm going to clip each one of them because, you know, honestly, that's deep. And for anyone listening to this, yeah, there's a lot of point of views here and a lot of positive vibe and everyone wants to survive. So you can relate to it. But at the same time, yeah, we could we basically touched another tip of this iceberg with this kind of topics. But we could all relate that we all have our own experiences from it and that we all survived. So we could do it. Anyone else can do it. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no script and manual to how to survive a toxic relationship. It's a live and learn process, but it's okay to start all over. Either whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, 60. So, you know, or teenager. But I do want to thank every single one for being here and taking some time out to talk about a little sensitive topic. But I hope that there's someone out there that's listening to this that Carino, say, hey, I can relate to them. I'm not alone because I think that's the most important thing. And I want to thank every single one of you for taking time out today. You know, so thank you so much for being part of this. I will definitely, definitely see you guys in the near future to work on more stuff. But yes, I love your input and I appreciate every one of you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.